It's the Americhips with Kim Monson. Now, while this is all going on, I went through President Trump's speech and uh, Chuck and Nancy's rebuttal. The most important story. The American people finally said enough, and that is why they elected Donald Trump. The latest in politics and world affairs. It's almost unbelievable that Trump has extricated the U.S. from the Iran nuclear deal. And opinions and ideas that prepare you to tackle the day ahead. Because ideas matter. It's the Americhicks. Dissecting issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Agree or disagree, let's have a conversation. Hey, welcome to the Americhicks with Kim Munson. I am Kim Munson, and I hope you are having a fabulous Friday. Yes, we are dissecting the news, politics, and opinion as right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Agree or disagree. We've got to be having these conversations, so be sure and check out my website, americhicks.com, and sign up for my emails. Uh, I'll keep you apprised of upcoming guests, topics, and important events. And uh, I'm the Americhicks on Facebook and Twitter as well, offering a conservatarian perspective. Our hope uh, with producer Steve is that every morning we are bringing you things to think about, hopefully some nuggets of wisdom, things that you can chat with your your colleagues and your family and your neighbors about these important issues that are facing America today. And uh, so that's what we do Monday through Friday. And, of course, there's Encore broadcasts in the afternoon. You know, another great thing that uh, I, I'm just so honored to be involved with is with uh, Dr. Thomas Cranawitter and his team over at Speakeasy Ideas. We have created Vino and Veritas, a study of the Federalist Papers. For a long time, the Federalist Papers was hardly even in print. And uh, the Federalist Papers was written by Alexander Hamilton, John Jay, and James Madison to make the case for the new Constitution to get it ratified. And it is a, it's quite a, quite a piece of work. There's 85 little uh, essays, if you will, and uh, we're going to go through all those this year. We had our first Vino and Veritas this last Monday. The next one will be February 25th. Uh, we're getting so close to sold out for the whole year. Uh, and uh, I'm not quite sure. I need to talk with Bethany where we are on that. But if you want to be on the list, uh, let me know. Email me at kim at americhicks.com, and uh, we'll go to work on that. Uh, third, email me if you come across somebody that is working hard, striving for excellence and cheerful, just doing their jobs really, really well. Uh, I had the great honor to be uh, out to eat earlier in the week, and the um, the person that waited on, on us was just absolutely fabulous. And I asked her name, and then I didn't write it down. And I tell you, I'm having, uh, I'm not going to say a senior moment, but some kind of a moment where I couldn't remember. So, uh, But she was really just awesome. So, Steve, today's funnies. Oh, I'm, hey. I'm, I'm not going to pick on little Johnny today, okay? <laughs> I had a thought about that, but uh, go ahead. Okay, <laughs> okay. Reaching out or reaching the end of a job interview, the human resources officer asks a young engineer, fresh out of MIT, and what starting salary are you looking for? The young engineer replies, in the, in the region of $125,000 a year, depending on the benefits package. Well, the interviewer inquires, well, what would you say to a package of five weeks vacation, 14 paid holidays, full medical and dental, company matching your retirement fund to 50% of your salary, and a company car leased every two years, say a red Corvette. The young engineer sits up straight and says, wow, are you kidding? The interviewer replies, yeah, but you started it. (laughs) 
Oh, cute, Steve. Cute. That's very good. So. <laughs> Well, maybe we should go back and be up front with everybody. It, we, we Just before we go on the air, we have a little prayer time. And uh, the one thing we forgot to pray for was some uh, divine guidance in this uh, kludge that we put together to be able to do the show because our phones are out. Yeah. As a matter of fact, I guess the entire building's phone systems, uh, you know, this is talking about 12-story building with lots of different companies, but everybody's hammered. Thank you uh, very much, CenturyLink. So at any rate, I I came in early. I couldn't sleep. I got up at one o'clock. I had a feeling. That? I yeah, I had a feeling you you're pretty you're pretty whipped up about this. And then we're going to be working on some other things after the show. So there's a lot yeah. going on. So uh, to to do this show and, and get Jason on on time and our other guests uh, for segments three and four. I'm sweating bullets. Okay, I think it's going to go just fine, though, Steve, because I trust you implicitly. Uh, but to that point. Um, you know, maybe that's why I'm not so interested in a driverless car. I think I'd kind of like to make sure that I'm driving my car because technology is not always dependable. So that was just a little editorial comment there. Let's jump in. There is so much going on uh, on the Democrat side of the presidential ticket. It's getting really, really, really crowded. Uh, Cory Booker just announced that he's going to jump in as well. You could see, you know, Steve, you could see that. The posturing with him and Kamala Harris during the Kavanaugh hearings, you could, you, I mean, you knew that this was going to happen. We're going to blow our time here. But yeah, I was waiting for him again, <laughs> watching all the car <laughs> circus that the Kavanaugh hearings turned into. I said, that guy's going to do it. And looking at the different websites this morning it looks like all he was waiting for was for february when or black history month would be here and he thought that was a good time to make his announcement seems that seems like that's a little racist to me that he waits until black history month but that's just my opinion this morning on a friday hey uh, let's go ahead and jump in here kamala harris when she uh, made her announcement earlier in the week uh, she had uh, this uh, opined about who are we so let's play that steve We are here because the American dream and our American democracy are under attack and on the line like never before. We are here at this moment in time because we must answer a fundamental question. Who are we? Who are we as Americans? So let's answer that question to the world and each other right here and right now. America, we are better than this. Wow, Steve. Uh, She is absolutely right. The big question that we are faced with right now is who are we? The Democrat Party has the veil is off on what their agenda is. Uh, we've seen that right here in Colorado with uh, the um, the you know moving on out of hearing the House Bill 1032, which is the sex education bill, which is a hypersexualization of our children, not allowing our kids to be kids. Starting in fourth grade, they will be pushing uh, this complete agenda. Uh, it includes an LGTB uh, agenda where they will be teaching those experiences. Uh, and we might think that maybe our kindergartners to third graders might be safe from this uh, this particular agenda. But I don't think that's the case as well. I've read the whole bill, and there's nuances in there where I think that we're going to start to see that even in kindergarten. And, Steve, when I was in kindergarten, we were just trying to figure out how to stand in line, you know, say our ABCs, keep our hands to ourselves. And this is not – this kind of stuff never 
crossed our mind. I cannot believe this hypersexualization of our children. Well, you're saying so they're basically the what's what's the phrase used? The the cloak is off. Yeah, the veil is off. The veil is off, and either state level or na- at the national level, it, it is really is off. It is, and uh, I really think that uh, you know those busy. Suburban moms right here in Colorado, Arapahoe County, Douglas County, uh, they, they, in Jefferson County, they say that they have been the, the people that have actually really affected these elections. I would be very surprised if the mom in the van taking her kids to dance and soccer ever realized that this is what would be coming down the pike. And, you know, we're, we're not even a, really a month into this particular legislative session. And, Steve, if if the Democrats, if this, if they would have been honest about their agenda, then I don't think they ever would have been elected. But they got in. And did you see that the, the people that were down there to testify against this? I guess it, it went well into the night regarding yeah. the, um, the, the hearing. And the Democrats on that committee didn't give a flying rip. They just went ahead and did what they were going to do. I heard a good explanation this morning. They don't give a rip, and they'll get as much of this jam through as they can, even though they might not survive two years from now. They don't care because it takes forever to roll anything back. Well, it normally does. We need somebody uh, that has some real leadership like a Donald Trump because within two years, uh, it'll be almost two years since he's been, or just a little over two years since he's been inaugurated. And uh, there is a list, and maybe we'll go through it next week, of 25 things that he has done that have helped everyday American people. We went through it a couple of weeks ago, and and we don't have time to do that today. But somebody with some leadership, we need to elect somebody in Colorado with some leadership to get this stuff and get it start to, to roll it back. So these elections matter. And we, each one of us, needs to get our brains around these issues. We have had our head in the sand for years. We have trusted that our our school boards and our city councils and our, our state government are actually adhering to this vision of the Declaration of Independence, that all men are created equal, and that government's basically supposed to be out of the way so that we can go after, um, you know, our life, our liberty, and, uh, um, you know, <laughs> I'm losing that. I'm having a... Quite a morning this morning. Our pursuit of happiness. There yes. you go. Okay. I'll, back to Ms. Harris. I'll reserve my other comments on her after we play that second soundbite. Okay, let's do it. Fight for an America where no mother or father has to teach their young son that people may stop him, arrest him, chase him, or kill him because of his race. There Boy. is so much wrong with that, I don't even know where to start. Oh, you, Steve, take it away. Well, mm-hmm. Steve, that, that is so racist. I mean, I'm certainly the, sure that there have been some outliers out there. I mean, and that happens in, in human nature. But do we really live in that kind of a country? You know, I, I don't think so. And, and to undercut our men and women in blue. And that, is, had been, that had been the agenda of Barack Obama. And they, there's, you know, they're opining that Kamala Harris is the female Barack Obama. I don't think she has the charisma that he has, and her voice is very, I, I think, grady. I mean, just don't. I don't think that she has quite what he has. But they're trying to to pump her up to be that. So the what he started with our attack on our blue 
she is continuing. And if that, if that continues, I know, uh, I have a friend whose son was in law enforcement and got out of it because they're concerned about the danger that our police officers face on the streets. My son still is. Yeah. He's a deputy for Jeffco, but, uh, yeah, what she's saying there, I mean, would she give that same speech? Now, this that speech was made last Sunday in Oakland when she made her declaration for you know to run for uh, the presidency. Would she give that same speech in Sacramento? We know it plays well in in Oakland, but would she give that same speech? Would she make that comment there? That's just one that we just played. Would she do that in Sacramento? I kind of think not. Well, probably not. And to your point that she gave this speech in Oakland. People that that love this whole American idea need to be reaching out into our different communities and bridging these gaps. Republicans for much too long have just uh, taken a hands-off approach and said, hey, you know, there's no possibility that that Republicans are going to get the Hispanic vote or going to get the black vote. Well, Donald Trump is turning all that upside down. His approval among, among Hispanics in a a recent poll about 10 days ago from, I think it was Marist, NPR, and PBS, which I know it was tough for them to say this, was at 50% approval rate with Hispanics. That was up 19 points. So if you create an economy that is good for everyone, no matter what the descriptor is, you know what, then it's really great. And as uh, Steve Kessler said earlier this week, that the liberal agenda is not so much about lifting everybody up is about looking at different groups and taking things away. So this is a, an important conversation. Anything else you want to say regarding Kamala Harris and blue, and, the, and our blue? No, because it, all it was was a half-truth, uh, and we don't have the time to go into it. But you know, it just totally ignores the fact that possibly in that situation, when all these situations, that there might have been some wrongdoing in progress when the police came and, and unfortunately so, you know, shots were exchanged and all that kind of stuff. It totally ignores that. Makes it sound like the you know the police are just out in their cars looking for someone to shoot, right? So, and yeah, can't and, go there. And that narrative, uh, that narrative is again it, the Democrat Party. We're seeing that those it's been taken over by the progressive activist left, and instead of a party of building people up, it's a party of division and destruction. And uh, we're going to have example after example after example. So let's go to break. Uh, actually, I, and before we do that, I, I'd like to give a shout out to Hooters. I, I've been thinking about so many d- different things that it is the Super Bowl this weekend. D- and who's your team? Have you decided yet? Well, I'm sorry. I just can't get too excited about seeing the Patriots in it again. So <laughs> go Rams. Go Rams. Okay. Well, it is. It's the LA Rams and the uh, New England Patriots in the Super Bowl this Sunday. Question is, where will you watch the game? Well, Hooters, of course. Hooters is your game day headquarters. You can watch the big game at Hooters with specials starting at $10 for a draft and 10 boneless wings. Now, if you come into any Hooters during the big game, you can enter to win a brand new 55-inch HDR TV. And Hooters wings can fly. You can have them delivered right to your doorstep. So try their new smoked wings. They're delicious, only half the calories when the girls come over on Wednesday nights. That's what we have, and they love them. So order your Hooters wings to go or have them delivered right to your front door. More information Visit HootersColorado.com. That's HootersColorado.com. And let them know that you know, know the Americhicks. When We're going to go to break. When we come back, there is an absolutely astounding soundbite that we are going to play for you. Many of you have probably heard it. By the Virginia governor regarding aborting children. And actually, if the child is born alive, that they would make a decision. They would keep the child comfortable 
and then decide what to do. It is beyond belief what is happening here, but the veil is off. We have to talk about it, and we have to understand it, and we have to stand against it. This is Kim Munson with the AmeriChicks. We'll be right back. All AmeriChicks sponsors are an exclusive partnership with the AmeriChicks and are not affiliated or in partnership with KLZ or Crawford Broadcasting. If you would like to support the work of the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson and grow your business, contact Kim at AmeriChicks.com. That's AmeriChicks.com. Work with mortgage professionals who will give you quick and accurate financial advice. Home Mortgage Alliance has the knowledge and expertise to explore the many financial options available to you. The mortgage process can be stressful, and as interest rates rise, it's more important than ever to get pre-qualified now so you're ready to buy. Call Kim Sturtz and Mark Cook with Home Mortgage Alliance to make sure that you're making the right financial choice for you and your family. 303-888-2732. Kim and Mark will remain available to you 24-7 to help you through the process. Choose the only mortgage professionals recommended by the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson. Call Kim and Mark with Home Mortgage Alliance today. 303-888-2732. Award-winning realtor Karen Levine has 30 years of experience with REMAX Alliance. Karen Levine believes in home ownership. As a Colorado representative to the National Board of Realtors, Karen Levine works to protect private property rights. Since losing her mother to breast cancer, Karen Levine has helped organize a local fundraising event called Karen's for the Cure, raising money for breast cancer research. Karen Levine comes highly recommended by the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson. Choose Karen Levine to buy or sell your home because she understands that it's more than just a house. Call award-winning realtor Karen Levine with REMAX Alliance today at 303-877-7516. Hey, welcome back to the Marichicks with Kim Munson, where we dissect issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Agree or disagree, let's have a conversation. Be sure and check out my website, americhicks.com. Email me uh, if you have any comments, any questions. Uh, that's Kim at americhicks.com, and I am the Americhicks on Facebook and Twitter as well. In the last segment, we played um, a soundbite from Kamala Harris where she was announcing her run for president last week in Oakland. And her, one of her questions is, who are we? And I, I agree with her. We are going to have to dig deep into our souls and ask, who are we? Because I was astounded. I about fell off my chair when I heard this soundbite from the Virginia governor. Uh, I think it's Northam. Yeah, uh, Governor Ralph Northam. Yeah, um, I just about fell off my chair, Steve. So let's go ahead and play that soundbite. As well as other restrictions now in place. And she was pressed by a Republican delegate about whether her bill would permit an abortion, even as a woman is essentially dilating, ready to give birth. And she answered that it would permit an abortion at that stage of labor. Do you support her measure and, and explain her answer? Yeah, and I'm, you know, I wasn't there, uh, Julie, and I, I certainly can't speak for uh, Delegate Tran, but. Um, I would tell you, one, uh, first thing I would say, this is why decisions such as this should be made by providers, uh, physicians, uh, and uh, the uh, mothers uh, and fathers that, that are involved. Um, there are, you know, when we talk about third trimester uh, abortions, these are done uh, with the consent uh, of, obviously, the, the mother, with the consent uh, of the physicians, more than one physician, by the way. Um, and it's done in cases where there may be severe deformities, there may be a, a, a fetus that's non-viable. 
So in this particular example, uh, if a mother is in labor, I can tell you exactly uh, what would happen. Um, the infant would be delivered. Uh, the infant would be kept comfortable. Uh, the infant would be resuscitated if, if that's what the uh, mother and the family desired. And then a discussion would ensue between the physicians and the mother. So, so I think this was really blown out of proportion. Uh, but again, we want the government not to be involved in these types of decisions. We want the decision to be made by uh, the, the mothers and their providers. And, and this is why Julie, that legislators, most of whom are men, by the way, shouldn't be telling a woman what she should and shouldn't be doing with her body. And do you think multiple physicians should have to weigh in as is currently required? She's trying to lift that requirement. Well, I think it's always good to get uh, a second opinion and for, for at least two providers to be involved in that decision because these decisions shouldn't be taken lightly. And, mm-hmm. and so, you know, I, w- I would certainly support more than one provider. Oh, my gosh, Steve, can you believe that? And they are hiding this behind uh, a woman making a decision about what's going on with her body. Did you hear that? They said that the baby would be delivered. Uh, the baby would be kept comfortable, uh, resuscitated if they decided to. And then they would discuss and decide what to do. Now, they always go to kind of an outlier uh, in case of deformity. Standard language. Yeah. Boiler-plated. Yeah, in, in case of deformity or something like that. So I did a little bit of research. Uh, you know, there are some people that were uh, born with uh, birth defects that have gone on to do some pretty amazing things. Helen Keller was born blind and deaf. Stephen Hawking, you know, the, uh, well, the atheist, but, but, you know, very intelligent mind. Club Foot. Did you realize that Dudley Moore, Mia Hamm, the great soccer player, and Troy Aikman, the fabulous quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys, were all born with club feet. This is a deformity. This is something that under uh, Governor Northam's uh, description that, that they could be killed because of that. If they, if they were born today, you know, let me just ask the question. And if they were born today versus when they were, you know, uh, last century? Right. And then uh, spina bifida. I didn't know this. Hank Williams. You know, think of all the music that came out of that guy. And also John Cougar Mellencamp. Uh, They said he was born with spina bifida as well. And so just think about this. You know, what they are talking about is um, think of all the songs that might not have been sung or written or books that had not been written. I mean, it's just astounding and it is cruel. That is why in our Constitution, the founders said there shall be no cruel and unusual punishment. So here we would have a baby, which is one of the most defenseless little things out there. And you would have these cruel adults deciding on whether or not they would live or they would die. Now, it doesn't take too long to go from there to a society I know, I know this is it's going to sound controversial. However, it is true. It doesn't take long to go from there to a society like Hitler where he started to kill undesirables. And so, God, God forbid, if something happened to you and you weren't in, in the terms of these, these decision makers, viable, if, in case you had a deformity. I mean, it, it is... I mean, the veil is off, Steve. We have got to stand against this. And we have many young women have listened to the lie of the feminist movement that this was just this was just a little bit of tissue. It's not going to matter to here we are talking about 
delivering a baby and deciding whether or not it's going to live. And this was the Virginia governor right here in the United States of America. It is astounding to me. So uh, with that, uh, we uh, also have here in Colorado this House Bill uh, t- uh, 19-1032. And so just again to explain that, uh, if it is a House bill, it's HB. If it's a Senate bill, it's SB. And then it will have the year, in this case 19, and then uh, then the, name, the number of the bill. So House Bill 19-1032 is this sex education bill that just moved out of hearing earlier this week. And in that particular bill, it will not allow uh, school districts to teach abstinence only uh, regarding um, sexual activity. It, it requires that everything be taught. And uh, abortion is certainly uh, one of those things that uh, will be taught as well right there in our schools. And um, so it is really a lot. It's very, very concerning on what's going on there. So do we have Jason on the line? Okay, great. Hey, Jason, uh, we've got a lot of different moving parts here because the, the phones are down in the whole building. So I didn't see it queued up, so I apologize. So, Oh, that's okay. I heard all about it. Uh, you know, I do have a comment on what you were talking about before we get to our little subject, if that's okay with yes, you. Yes, please. Well, I always wonder, you know, with, with this, this fellow, uh, the, the governor, where he describes and the baby will be delivered and resuscitated if that's what the mother wants, and then a decision will be made. Why doesn't he, they ever finish the whole sentence, and why doesn't he say and a decision will be made, and if the mother decides she doesn't want the baby, well, we'll put the baby in a dark room all by itself and just leave it in there until it starves to death and dies. It, it's it's astounding. Why won't they say that? Well, I, I know why. But right. Why, I just wish they would finish the story all the way through so everybody could really understand the, the horror and the just disgustingness of what they actually do at that point. Right. And uh, they've not been honest about it. And I think you're right. Finish the sentence. And when that baby is born, there are so many people out there that would step up to the plate and want to adopt that baby. And it's amazing that they take away that choice as well. They take away the choice for the child to live and they take away the choice for somebody else to adopt. And it just absolutely breaks my heart. But, you know, Jason, the veil is off. We know what the battle is now. And uh, so we need to make sure that we're in the battle every day and, and bringing light to this, because I think most everyday Americans, if we finished the sentence, they would say, you know what, that is not who we are. <laughs> Back to uh, Kamala Harris, that is not who we are. And we need to quit electing people that that is their agenda. So That's right. And uh, some more other wonderful people that uh, may not have been around. How about Downs kids? Oh, I, I mean, know. I know. I, we have some friends, uh, Jeff and Sonia. Uh, they've adopted like three uh, Downs babies. And they are the sweetest, most wonderful uh, uh, kids. Uh, you know, I'm just sitting here imagining what if they would have just been, you know, left to die. I mean, uh, there's some other, uh, you know, wonderful people that are born with a, quote, deformity that, uh, that I'm certainly personally glad are still around right and you know just just think of the creativity that that we would have lost and uh and and actually i think that the number 
of children that have been aborted since Roe v. Wade, I think is at least 45 million children. I mean, that's bumping up against what uh, Mao, how many people Mao killed in China. Uh, and so if we really think about it, who are we? Is that really who we are, Jason? I don't think so. But hey, let's let's jump over. <laughs> hey, let's That's jump fine. over to a lighter subject. <laughs> no, I, I, I think it is so important that we have these conversations. But <laughs> let's jump over to a lighter subject. How about the stock market? Let's talk about that. <laughs> so, uh, hey, Jason, um, you know, we've talked about a number of different fascinating indicators over the last few weeks. We talked about the Santa Claus rally and uh, a whole bunch of different things. So, um We've gone through January, and what what does the January barometer look like? Well, yeah, we do have another very interesting indicator called the January barometer. And looking back at every year to 1950, 90% of the times January was up, the market did not uh, get its rear end kicked for the remainder of the year. So that gives you a little bit of uh, safety feeling. Okay, and January was was good, right? Yeah, this January the S&P was up 7.9%. And believe it or not, Kim, that is the best January we've had for 42 years. Wow, that is pretty impressive. Well, I think it is. And now here's another thing. There's only been four times since 1950 that the S&P's been up in January, but then ended up losing significant ground between February 1st and the end of the year. Last year, of course, was one of those instances. 2018, we were up 5% in January, down 10% from February to the end of the year. But you know what? It has never, well, at least since 1950, it's never happened two years in a row. Well, that seems like pretty good odds. Um, so let's see if I remember right. Most of these indicators that you've discussed for this year uh, think you you think they count for something, right? Something positive? Yeah. Well, I do. Yeah, we've discussed some, and some of them I don't think count for much. But the ones I that I think count for something, they, they've all been positive. So here's kind of the three we've covered. The Santa Claus rally did happen this year. Now, that's more of a harbinger indicator. If it doesn't happen, you need to worry. Uh, but when it does happen, it doesn't have a lot of predictive power. But I'll tell you, I'd rather that it happened than it didn't, and it did. Uh, then we had the first five days of January were positive. Uh, this one has a good record, too, Kim. Again, since 1950, 91% of the time that the first five days were up, Again, the market didn't uh, get its tail kicked for the year. And then finally, the one we talked about today, the whole month of January is positive. Uh, Again, since 1950, 90% of the time if January was up, the market did not get its tail kicked for the remainder of the year. Well, you know, and Jason, not getting your rear end kicked is only half the battle. If you don't take big losses, the gains count for more because you, you have more money. Uh, left over to uh, to make the gains up. Boy, you're you're right about that. If you lose half your money, don't forget you have to double just to get back to even. Now, if you were to only take, let's say, a ten percent pullback in a big, huge market correction, well, all you need is an eleven percent bounce, and you're back to even. And then everything above that is gravy. Okay, so if people would like to have another set of eyes on their nest egg. 
They can reach out to you at chickspresidential.com. That's Jason McBride. It's chickspresidential.com. And these indicators look like something good really is, is probably coming down the pike, hopefully, in 2019. So it might be a good time to kind of sit down and take a look at that. Well, it sure could. And at the very least, Kim, they seem to indicate we shouldn't have big trouble for the remainder of the year. So, uh, again, taking away the worry and uh, maybe the likelihood you're going to take a big hit, again, that, that's half the battle. Don't lose first and then worry about trying to make. Okay, sounds like good advice, Jason McBride. So you have a great weekend. We'll talk to you on Monday. All right, Kim. Okay, thanks. We're going to go to break. This is Kim Munson with the AmeriChicks. When we come back, we'll be chatting with uh, Tracy Bentley. She is the executive director of the Colorado Petroleum Council. And uh, we want to talk about powering our lives. I think energy, uh, oil and gas in particular, has been getting a bum rap. But the fact that we can turn turn our lights on, it's nice if the phones work also. Steve, you know, we have heat. I think we take that for granted. And then we'd also like to chat about Governor Polis's energy plans. So this is Kim Munson with the AmeriChicks. We'll be right back. You want to succeed, so you need to dress for the job, event, or relationship that you seek. For over 30 years, entrepreneur, stylist, and Americhick Kim Munson has been helping women look their very best with well-priced, made-to-measure clothes that fit a busy lady's lifestyle. Gals, if you want to up your game and freshen your look, email Kim at Americhicks.com for your initial style consult. Kim at Americhicks.com. Social media is important to the AmeriChicks, since it's an avenue we can utilize to hear from and speak to all of our friends. For those of you who enjoy listening to the show, we'd love to hear what's on your radar. Follow us and talk to us at AmeriChicks Twitter and Facebook pages. Also, if you're a business owner who could benefit from some extra foot traffic from like-minded friends, consider advertising on the AmeriChicks radio show. Contact us at AmeriChicks.com or email Kim at AmeriChicks.com. Hey, welcome back to the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson, where we dissect issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Agree or disagree, let's have a conversation. Be sure and check out my website, AmeriChicks.com, and uh, any comments, any questions, love hearing from you. You can email me at Kim at AmeriChicks.com, and I am the AmeriChicks on Facebook and Twitter as well. Let's jump in here. We have on the line with us Tracy Bentley. She is the executive director of the Colorado Petroleum Council. And uh, first thing, I think that, well, first of all, Tracy, welcome. It's great to have you here this morning. Good morning, Kim. Thank you for having me. You know, petroleum, there's, a, there's so many different products that come from petro- petroleum that make our lives better. Petro- petroleum really powers our lives. So talk a little bit about that. Absolutely. I think um, most people don't know, and it's important to be reminded, that our everyday way of life really is based largely out of petroleum products so every plastic is petroleum based and a lot of our um, medical equipment and life-saving devices are based uh, out of petroleum Um, everything from our cell phone to uh, the obvious things like the tires on our car or the power that allows us to drive our cars all the way to makeup um, to the to the clothes that we wear every day are all based in petroleum well, and I think that we've really taken it for granted, particularly in Colorado. There seems to be <clears throat> kind of a, a fringe radical group that is putting a lot of fear in, in people about uh, oil and gas drilling, 
uh, hydraulic fracturing. And so there's a lot of mistruths out there, and, and they're playing into the fear of people. But, you know, you just have uh, the lights not work and not have any heat for a little while or, or not have, uh, you know, the plastic that, that goes into helping make your cell phone or all these things that make our lives better. If we really sat down and thought about how these things from petroleum have have helped us, you know, go after our hopes and dreams, we're more efficient, uh, we can do more things. Uh, but but I think that we've taken it for granted, and, and we need to understand that. Everyday people need to understand just how rich their lives are because of petroleum. You are exactly right. Not only the things that, that you and I just mentioned, um, which we completely take for granted, but Colorado has some of the most affordable electricity rates anywhere in the country, and that is due to our abundance of natural gas. Not only is natural gas affordable and abundant in Colorado right now, Colorado is experiencing some of the lowest emissions um, of anywhere in the country, 30-year lows, and that is because of natural gas. We we take it off, and it's it's clean. Uh, we have the some of the strictest air quality standards of anywhere in the country. And so not only do we re- reap the benefits um, of, of petroleum products that we just spoke about, but here in Colorado, we, we have the most affordable electricity and some of the, our emission standards are going down while we continue to increase our production of natural gas. So it's really a win-win in Colorado. And to your earlier point, this fear-mongering that's going on here, these are it's largely stemmed by out-of-state activist groups um, who have recruited spokespeople here who are not from Colorado and who do 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 not understand that we have over a hundred-year history of uh, producing energy um, in the state of Colorado and doing it very very well. And so, I would hope that that people really take a step back and not not succumb to that um, you know the fear as as you put it that that's going on out there. Well, Tracy, uh, Steve and I were talking earlier um, regarding that. I think the veil is off on many of these agendas. Uh, and, and this fear-mongering has uh, said that, you know, we really, I mean, they're implying that there's something really bad that's going to happen. And you get you get moms whipped up about concerned about their kids. And, uh, you, you know, <laughs> it's pretty tough to fight back on that. Uh, but the real agenda that I've seen, and again, the veil has come off, it's not about coming together and trying to work together to make sure that, um, you know, that, that we are able to have efficient, affordable, and reliable energy and, and look at a, a complete menu, obviously, of energy choices. But this agenda that we're talking about with all this fear-mongering wants to keep oil and gas in the ground. And uh, the fact that, you know, we have low electricity rates, again, I think everyday people take that for granted because uh, you go to your, your lights and try to turn them on a couple of times and not have them turn on. Things start to change when you start to have to look at candles or flashlights or lanterns or things. That's exactly right. Or if our electricity rates double and our bills all of a sudden are, are to a point where people can't afford them anymore. But Kim, I'll see this too. I'm a mom. I have three kids um, who I raised in right in the heart of oil and gas country. And so I can tell you firsthand I've been there and I've done that. And the the um, <clears throat> misinformation that is put out there by by the keep it in the ground people um, that that oil and gas is not safe or that it you know it can cause health issues possibly uh, with our with us or with our kids is not grounded in fact. And that's what's important for people to know is that there there have been studies after studies after studies, uh, both done by the Colorado Department of Health and Environment 
and by third party who we, we test all the time in Colorado who have came in and said there is no health risks associated with being near an oil and gas site. And so I, I think it's important that as we, you know, hear these folks talk and suggest that it's not safe or that there could be all these consequences that we understand as, you know, first of all, Colorado and some are two consumers, third of all, as parents, um, where are we getting our information and who are we listening to? Well, and the thing about it is, is if this uh, radical activist group will will not search for truth over here, then typically with that style of, of, of narrative, you know, it, I have to question whether or not they're telling me the truth on any of the things that they're talking about. Um, so, um, you know, I, I think that they're really trying to, to play into that emotion of fear, particularly with moms. And, um, you know, when you look at all the petroleum products that, that help our kids, that, that help us take care of our kids, that allow us to, to take them to soccer practice, that they can be involved in, in dance. I mean, the soccer ball is probably made from petroleum products. How about the, the cleats, uh, the dance shoes, all these things that have allowed our kids to, to, to thrive and prosper. There's a lot of petroleum that's involved in that. You are exactly right. Everything that you just said, Kim, is 100% true. It's, you know, and we could go on and on with the shin guards and the mouthpiece. All of those are petroleum-based. The other thing I would say is, you know, there's there's this big push right now for cities across the country and states to go 100% renewable. I also find um, a little bit of irony in that, in that all of the um, wind turbines, um, all the way, you know, from the blades um, to the tower, uh, the solar panels, um, those are all petroleum-based products. And so you cannot have, a, you know, 100% renewable energy without some fossil-based products in there. The other thing that I will say about that is wind and solar are amazing. So is hydroelectricity. Um, I, I'm a, a, a all of the above uh, approach when it comes to energy. But when the wind doesn't blow and the sun doesn't shine, what needs to be there to make sure that our lights still turn on? Well, the answer is... Uh, you know, clean burning natural gas and petroleum based products. And so Colorado, and I say this everywhere I go, we always have been in all of the above state and we need to make sure that we maintain that even when we have folks telling us that we have to choose. Well, and so then the next question becomes freedom and force. Will we let the the freedom of the um, free market, you know, work these prices out or are we going to start to force things like this force of 100% renewable? So Tracy Bentley, we're going to go to break here in just a moment, but I'd like to get your read on uh, Governor Polis's uh, energy plan. Uh, you know, we had this, this big, um, prop- um, let's see, um, Proposition 112, which was a, a setback regarding oil and gas, and that failed at the ballot box this last November, and that was a 2,500-foot setback. However, uh, and Governor um, Polis came out against that. However, prior to that, he had been in favor of a 2,000-foot setback. So I want to figure out what you guys have, what you think is coming down the pike on that. So before we do that, Tracy Bentley, I did want to give a shout-out to Chris Cantwell. Uh, it's 2019. What do you want to do with your future? You've worked hard. Maybe the kids don't want the business, so you need to sell. Or maybe you've retired and you'd like to create some cash flow, be your own boss, and you want to buy. Well, Chris Cantwell is a business broker with Transworld Business Advisors, and he helps buy and sell opportunity. 
He is an advocate for entrepreneurship, the voluntary exchange of value between individuals, and the rights of business owners to thrive and flourish. So Chris Cantwell knows that small businesses drive this economic engine that is America. So reach out to Chris Cantwell for a complimentary consultation to find out how Chris can help you buy or sell your business. His uh, website is cccellscompanies.com. That's like Chris Cantwell sellscompanies.com. So again, that's cccellscompanies.com. Let him know that you know the Americhicks. And we're going to go to break. We have Tracy Bentley on the line with us. She is the executive director of the Colorado Petroleum Council. And I am just dying to hear what she thinks about Governor Polis's energy plan. We'll be right back. Dan Predovich and his team at Predovich and Company help your business plan ahead financially. The AmeriChicks with Kim Munson highly recommends Predovich and Company as your financial business consultant. Predovich and Company will take care of your tax preparation, bookkeeping, and business advisory services. Dan Predovich and his team want to learn about the unique needs of your business through real, honest dialogue. Because of their advanced technological capabilities, Predovich and Company can help clients anywhere in the United States. Call 303-791-3000 to start preparing now for tax season. Organize your business finances with Predovich and Company. Call 303-791-3000 today. And I will always do my duty, no matter what the price. Hey, welcome back to the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson. Be sure and check out my website, AmeriChicks.com. That's where I am on Facebook and Twitter as well. Tell your friends about this. Every Monday through Friday, we are on from 6 to 7 a.m. with our encore in the afternoon. And we are hoping that we are bringing forward food for thought, nuggets of wisdom, things that you can talk about with your family. And maybe you'll hopefully learn something and always learn something. I always learn something when we're talking about energy. Uh, We have on the line with us Tracy Bentley. She is the executive executive director of the Colorado Petroleum Council. And Tracy, I know that my life is richer because of affordable, efficient, and reliable energy. And my story is an interesting one. My grandmother grew up on the plains of western Kansas with six brothers and sisters in a two-room sod house. So it's just two generations later that her granddaughter can get in a car drive over to a station. We have all these petroleum-based products here where we can create a radio show, talk about big ideas. You know, we've got our all kinds of phones here, computer, all kinds of things to making this work. And I submit to you that it is because of reliable, efficient, and affordable energy that my grandmother's granddaughter can do this. You are spot on, Kim. I think your story, it puts it in a way that everybody can understand, but you are exactly right. There are so many developing countries um, who would absolutely give everything they have to have the abundant natural resources, um, specifically oil and gas, when it, as Colorado does. We're the fifth largest producer of oil and we're the fifth largest producer of natural gas in the country. Um, what that affords us, our lifestyle, not just the obvious electricity rates, and then so forth. But what it affords us as a lifestyle is truly something that I think we all should not take for granted. We, we need to be grateful for it and certainly not try to demonize the product and the people that are making this happen. So let's jump over here, Tracy. We've got five or six minutes. Governor Polis, uh, you know, I, I really wish that politicians and bureaucrats would do what they say and say what they're going to do. Uh, but that that doesn't seem to happen very often. Uh, Governor Polis came out against Proposition 112, which was this 2,500-foot setback that was on the Colorado ballot in 2018. 
However, prior to that, he had been in favor of a 2,000-foot setback, which isn't that much less than 2,500. And then I hear him talking about 100% renewable. What what do you think is going to happen? Well, unfortunately, um, what I think is going to happen this legislative session, we have over 24 brand new legislators at our state capitol who are creating laws and passing them. And many of them um, don't, again, do not, they're not, not from Colorado. They don't understand the rich heritage that we have of being a top energy producing state and that we, we do it very, very well with balancing our, our environment and resource development. And so we have a lot of extreme views, unfortunately, coming out. To your point, Governor Polis thankfully did not support Proposition 112 um, and was, um, I would say, key in in helping us defeat that measure. But we are going to see legislation that does exactly that, that that is 112, that calls for a 2,500-foot setback. We're going to see a 2,000-foot setback. We're going to see a 1,500-foot setback. We're going to see a bill that calls for a moratorium on all, on all oil and gas development in the state of Colorado and everything in between. These are not bills that are or laws that would be passed in the name of health and safety. Make no mistake, they are exactly like Proposition 112. They are looking to ban oil and gas development in the state of Colorado. And Coloradans spoke loud and clear in the defeat of 112. They do not like extreme measures. They want to balance. Um, they, they, we don't want to ban a particular industry that uh, is critical to our economy here in Colorado. And so when it comes time for these bills to be introduced and discussed, I'm hoping that Colorado will step up again and say, um, this is too extreme for us. This is not right for the state of Colorado. Well, Tracy, what we saw with uh, many, many people showed up this last week regarding this uh, sex education bill, which I'm concerned about because I think it's uh, really uh, hypersexualization of our children as well as just not letting kids be kids. And so lots and lots and lots of people showed up. And by gosh, it, it, the legislators didn't listen to them, and they went ahead and, and passed this, um, I think it was on a party-line vote, out of, out of a committee. Um, and so what happens on oil and gas? I mean, will they not, I mean, we've seen them basically, you know, not even listen to the people if they go down and testify. I'm, I'm really concerned about it, Tracy. I'm concerned as well. I can tell you that... Um one of the amazing things that came out of, out of Proposition 112 is um, our energy workforce across the state. And by the way, there are 232,000 Coloradans who work in the energy industry, in the oil and gas industry. And we saw them unite and, and be proud of where they worked and what they do and what they brought to the table. And that was one of my favorite parts about, about the uh, campaign. So when it comes to legislation, to your point, Kim, it's we're going to see some of these same people come to the Capitol and testify um, as to what they do every day, what they do for Coloradans every day, and how proud they are and how important they are to our workforce. And I, it is my hope that who's ever sitting across that table from them who are going to make these decisions really, really listen to them and understand just how important they are to our community. So I am I'm cautiously optimistic. Well, you know, affordable, efficient, and reliable energy, uh, we've, I mean, we've talked about it, and I hit it again. It, it allows us to, to live lives that, 
that for everyday regular people never would have seemed possible as you look back at history. And somehow I think we've gotten comfortable and we take it for granted. And I certainly don't want to get to a point like a a 2,000-foot setback isn't that far from a uh, 2,500-foot setback. And when you start to draw the circles, and, and I did read the whole Proposition 112, and the way it was worded, was such that that basically, for sure, on all private land, and I couldn't determine maybe even public land, I mean, there would basically be no oil and gas um, exploration or development from what I could see, or any new, I should say, any new oil and gas exploration or development in Colorado if something like this passed. You're exactly right. It would have taken 80% of private lands, uh, service land off the table for new um oil and gas development so it effectively served as a moratorium um on all new oil and gas development you know you're exactly right and that's the thing many of these measures like proposition 112 and we're going to see several pieces of legislation this session who who you know on on its face they may appear to be reasonable to folks but then when you do things like um you know produce a map on okay let's apply this and see what it will do it becomes clear very quickly what what their ultimate goal is, and that is ultimately to stop the development of oil and gas in the state of Colorado. And so um, folks like me and so many others out there, the broader business community um, are are on to this and we're, we're willing to say that's that, you know, that's you're not telling the truth to the voters of Colorado. So we will continue to do that. And thankful. We're so thankful for people like you who allow us to have these discussions and really get the, the word out and the right information out. Well, I tell you what, I am so grateful for all of the things that petroleum brings to my life. And so Tracy Bentley with the Colorado Petroleum Council, thank you so much for joining me uh, with the AmeriChicks this morning. I greatly appreciate it. Kim, thank you so much for having me. Okay. Well, quite a show. And Steve, hats off to you. The phones are down and you made this thing work. You are, you're terrific. So thank you. Uh, it's, it's out of my hands. That's all I can say. <laughs> but, you know, a, a tip of the hat to uh, the afternoon boys, John and Dan. They think outside the box. They found a way to, to do a show like this because they did a great interview last night with Patrick Neville, uh, you know, from the state house. And I called back in right away saying, how are you guys doing that? Because I know the the regular phones are down, and I found out how. Well, great job. So thank you so much. So into the show here, Kamala Harris asked, who are we? Well, I'll tell you. This is from uh, Wendell L. Wilkie. He says, I believe in America because it is we, because we are free. We're free to choose our government, to speak our minds, to observe different religions. Because we are generous with our freedom. We share our rights with those who disagree with us. Because we hate no people and covet no people's land. Because we are blessed with a natural and varied abundance. Because we set no limit to a man's achievement in mind, factory, field, or service in business, or the arts. An able man, regardless of class or creed, can realize his ambition. Because we have great dreams. And because we have the opportunity to make those dreams come come true. This is America. That is who we are. So 2019, read great books, think good thoughts, listen to beautiful music, communicate and listen well, live honestly and authentically, strive for high ideals, and like Superman, stand for truth, justice, and the American way. This is Kim Munson with the AmeriChicks. God bless you. God bless America.